Hi, everybody. This is the Georgia Songbirds, and we are here, Mr. Aaron Bowen, uh, singer-songwriter out of Alabama, right? That's correct. South Alabama. Introduce yourself, Aaron. Yeah, uh, Aaron Bowen here. It's the center of Southern Alabama from uh, Covington County, Andalusia, Alabama, about 20 minutes from the Florida line. And what we're going to do today, guys, is an album review. And I always like doing these because I like to, I'm a songwriter too, and I like to hear stories behind the songs. And that's, that to me is the fun part. I know songs are kind of, um, you make your own assumptions from it and you get your own feelings. Uh, but sometimes there's funny stories that go along with the songs. Like, yeah, I was driving and I fell off the cliff and, you know, I wrote a song about it, whatever it is. Sometimes they're funny. And uh, that's, that's what I like to hear. So we're going to pull up your album. What is the name of your album, Aaron? Uh, the name of the album is Garden Boy. Garden Boy. Um, and that's an interesting name. So where did where did that come from? Why did you call it Garden Boy? Okay, the community that I grew up in, that's a community. It was not a town. It was not a, uh, it doesn't have its own zip code, really. Yeah, you know, it's uh, what's called the Garden Community. And the story behind that, uh, well, I mean, it's everyone had their gardens, and uh, they grew their own produce. It was just a small little poor community. But what it got known for was moonshine. And the uh, the creek that uh, ran behind my house. Uh, but uh, everybody came there basically from the county for the moonshine. And uh, so the garden community, the garden boys, as they were called back in the day, it was anyone older that I would speak to, I would always joke and say, I'm from the garden. And any of the older men would go, whoa. Okay, I know where you're talking about, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, yeah, you don't mess with those garden boys. So I just, I thought it would be a lot of this album was me just going back to where my love of this, when I discovered the music that I fell in love with, was just walking up and down that dirt road that's on the cover of that album and the garden community. And just, you know, when we'd say we were garden boys, yeah, oh man, don't mess with them. So I said, well, I'm just, I'm just going to call it that garden boy. I like that. that. That is cool. So what is the first song on the album that we're going to listen uh, to? The first song is called Float. Float. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, is there any kind of story, anything you want to tell about it? Not a story in particular, but uh, basically uh, it's about loving someone to death. Uh, you're, you're, you're invested too emotionally in someone and maybe you feel like you're, uh, that love is not being returned the way you would like it. Okay. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to mute us and play it. Uh, just give me a thumbs up when you can hear it.
I like that. It's very 90s rock and roll. Yeah, uh, that's my, you know, my teenage years when all that, that, uh, you know, just the two chords and a melody broke through, you know, from the hair metal and stuff. That's kind of my my bag. I mean, I've I've listened to tons of stuff, but as far as songwriting, I don't particularly go, it's going to sound like this, but that's pretty much what ends up coming out <laughs> most of the time. You know. uh, now, where do you record that? Uh, I have it. It's my own studio. Okay. Are you producing? Uh, are you producing mix everything then, huh? Yeah, I, I cut everything on this album 100% myself. A friend of mine, um, uh, Tyler Spivey, I actually had had a, a studio space I was renting that, that was really nice, but uh, that I had for several years and moved out of there and moved into a, uh, a nice big spare bedroom that my friend had and cut the whole thing started in February and um, cut everything and released it yesterday, actually. But uh, all with the exception of two songs on here, wrote everything since February. I wanted it to be pretty much brand new material that I had never. I was trying to challenge myself at the you know, just whatever comes out, comes out. Let the melodies go where they go and don't overthink it. And and I'm, I'm really happy with it. Um, but I did it all myself. You know, that That's not, it's fun, but it's not fun too. 
because you over <laughs> you know, constantly you're mm-hmm. over overly critical. And I'm actually talking to someone right now for the physical releases. We're gonna put out, uh, you know, order some CDs and stuff like that. May have it remixed by someone that's actually knows what they're doing. Okay, I thought it was pretty good to do it yourself. I mean, that's that's I know a lot of people when you hear the word I did it myself, it's like, uh, okay, well, I'll take yeah. a listen to it. But that was good. I liked it. I thought it was really good. Uh, are you playing? Who's y'all playing the instruments in there? Are you playing all of them? Or? Yeah, yeah, it's me on everything. Oh wow, that's your. I love the double kick in that part. That's so yeah. rock and roll. Um, it's uh, it's. I tried to not overdo it, but I wanted it in there. It can add some, you know, it can add a good layer and a good um, some good hooks with the kick drum in the right way. I guess. Is the way yeah. I don't want to overdo it. Um, I, I played in metal bands for years, and I can get burned out on double kick real quick if it's sometimes. Oh yeah, I, I think with rock music because when you talk about like a bridge, I think if you did, the way you did it, like take it to the bridge or solo and throw it in there, it drives the yeah. song even more. And that's, I know my drummer wants to do double kick. I'm like, dude, we don't do that kind of music. We're southern rock. We're not like, it's not that kind of drive. There's there's one track on here that it's it's pretty heavy in part of it, but it's used on purpose that way. It's not like for the sake of having double kick. Well, well, it's like a contrast of extremely melodic to extremely heavy really fast, but it's sort of done on purpose like that almost as a joke. Like where did that come from? You know? But yeah, um I get uh I get I can get burned out with it just from hearing it so much and you know, and some stuff. It's just like okay, okay, we get it. It's you you, you can play fast. <laughs> I mean you should because you could all the time. You know? Right. But, what's the uh, next song you want to listen to uh the next song is uh called heavy and heart heavy and heart okay and it was uh let me think for just a second here it's sort of about uh a lot of this stuff is about a lot of different things i'll kind of roll into one but um, really no need for a lot of the i guess stress that we put ourselves through sometimes especially in relationships um, that we get a little overboard with our anxieties and things. But, uh, some, something on, somewhere along those lines, I suppose. All right. Well, I'm going to mute us and play Heavy and Heart.
never met I tried to be objective But in my mind you're heaven sent All the tales are falling Angels begging to repent I can't say I'm sorry It had like it reminds me a lot of Silverchair. Well, cool. <laughs> I, I like see I like because I was there listening to it. And I was like, man, the, the, again the drums and the and the way you push that song. That's what that's what I love about rock music. I know a lot of times people don't hear the words and the stories of this of rock music, but there is a great story. It's just the the what everybody hears is that beat. When you do a rock song, mm-hmm. you got to have that drive and that beat. And that song had it. I'm sitting there and as soon as it comes in, I'm like, dun, dun, I'm just going with the drums and the dun, 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 dun. I mean, it was, I liked it. Yeah. I, I'm sitting around. Well, one thing that that song um, musically, um, it came out of hitting some harmonics by accident when I was messing around with something. And I was like, well, that sounds cool. I was like, okay, I'm, that sounds way too cool. You know? So I just made an entire, I stopped. I didn't even finish whatever I was working on and just wrote this song pretty much right there in about four, four or five minutes, like the music and stuff. Like I've got to use that, that harmonic groove, you know, in something. And, uh, and fuzz pedals. I, I went back to like stuff I was using as a teenager uh, or like Stratocaster style guitars. We all had like the PD Predator or Raptor because they were like $50. And I uh, had not played like those style of guitars. And everything on this album was cut with Stratocaster style guitars with tons of stacked fuzz pedals into a, a dual rectifier. One end of that which gave some like cool uh, harmonic stuff and thick fuzzes and things like that. So, um, just the whole approach was different, really different. But yeah, that that song came from just like an accident. Uh, the the music was. Uh, yeah. See that that's that's why I do it this way because when I want to we hear like the songs, I like to hear the stories. And sometimes the story isn't what the song is about. The story is like, oh, it came by accident, like you just said. It's like a groove, like the, yeah. and and that's what I like to hear because that's part of of songwriting i know a, a lot of i know a lot of singer songwriters and I, I know that when the word singer songwriter pops up the first thing people think of is is folks like folk music like americana yeah, yeah. but there's singer songwriters in every genre and rock and roll is no exception mm-hmm. it's the what you hear in rock and roll first and any music really the first thing you normally hear is the music that's what sets you up for the song yeah. And with rock, it's got a drive. And I said, it does. I, I, I like listening to stuff like that. And I can get lost in rock and roll songs because uh, sometimes they, they stretch out for like 10 minutes, which is fine yeah. on me because <laughs> yeah. I, I love solos. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, yeah and uh, like a, I could listen to a 
10 minute song that was just great riffs with no music at all. Like I, it's, I mean, with no words at all, but uh, the coolest thing about cell phones to me now is you have a voice recorder everywhere you go. So when an idea pops in your head, you're like, oh, hang on, remember this. Or when you're playing, you can just record something immediately and you have like, you know, 5,000 clips of five second long riffs and you can go back through and go, oh, I forgot about it. Unfortunately, about I lost a phone last week, froze up and I had probably two hours of just riffs and stuff. But it's so cool. Like that's the coolest thing about phones. Not, not being able to walk around and talk on record music. Not being able to call someone from the top of a mountain or anything, but just I can record music forever. I know. Yep. Uh, it's funny you say that. I did that the other day. I was sitting there because I got like, a, I was just like stumped. I had like, I had like a writer's block. So, God, I'm going to listen to my old stuff. I got like 600 different voicemails on there. Yeah. Right, so yeah. I just kind of like randomly rolled it up while I'm driving and put it on the Bluetooth. It's like, oh, that's really good. That's that that helped me <laughs> when I get stuck on a yeah, song. And, and two, like going back like that, you can, for me, you sort of put yourself out of it. It's like you're listening to someone else and you can admit, hey, that was actually good. Because at the time, I may be overly critical because, oh, you're that stupid. You know, and I had I had to stop that. As far as I, I may have heard something like that before. Eventually, I would have just worked myself to the point where, well, if I play guitar at all, I'm just unoriginal because someone's played guitar before. You know, like there has to be a point where it's stop and go. You know what? Uh, if it sounds good to me, I'm going to do it. Uh, I'm not. I know that I'm not intentionally trying to rip someone off or anything like that. But there's so much stuff out there you almost can't. It would almost be impossible to find a progression that doesn't exist on some level or anything, you know. But anyway, I could ramble about this. That's that's fine. With me. That's why I said <laughs> I don't I don't have a time limit. I had to stop being critical, overly critical of what I was doing. It just wherever the melody went, that's where I went. That's good. Uh, what's the next song we're going to listen to, Aaron? Uh, the next song is "Shaken." It's uh, as far as the list on the album, which was on the acoustic EP, which you guys are kind enough to okay. for me some. And uh, but this is just the full band version. This is one that I had actually written probably five or six years ago. The two that I've written previously were like Shaken, seriously, I think the same as Wasted, which was on the EP. I had gotten off work one morning, I worked night shift for like eight years, and it just I stopped by my studio on the way home, the other studio that I had, because I had a melody in my head. And it's the whole entire song, I think, is three chords. It's just in different variations. But uh, Well, I had the vocal melody in my head, and I found the chords that fit that melody, and wrote the whole song in my uh, it's, it's really just the uh, same as always, you know, relationships and struggles and things. Yes, yes. Drunk, bleeding through, wasted blows, no, not you. What you do, you came running 
That so far, that's that's my favorite one so far. I really like that. I love the lead in that. Cool. Yeah, it's and uh, the biggest response that I've gotten from most any of my stuff I've ever put out has been those uh, come together in two or three minute kind of things, not the ones I spent a week working on this part or that part. It's just like the natural, you know, it's like your brain's going, you need to get this out, you know, and, and write about it or something. And that seems to be, uh, you know, the stuff that there's not a lot of hesitation on that people connect to the most or like the most. But uh, it's just funny like that. I don't know. It really wasn't a lot of thought into it. It was just a good melody and I thought pretty good lyrics. So put it down, you know. And that's what I always want to talk about recording early. That's why when the band's together, if we write doing a new song, I always record it because I know the the first time we do it is going to probably be the best way to do it. And then we'll start practicing and, and getting critical, like you said earlier. Yeah. So I, got, I always got to have that initial. So I was like, oh, this is what we felt when we were playing it. Let's try to tighten yeah, this yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, I still have uh, on on an old phone somewhere like the original with an acoustic guitar. I mean, that, that it was on the acoustic EP, but because uh, I think that song works well acoustically too. It's just a catchy, you know, good vocal melody and everything. But uh, I have the original recording I sat down and uh, I'd like to find it sometime because I know it's a little bit different. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I can remember sitting in my little uh, studio, building it out for the first time going, hey, this would be one of the good songs. And, what's, the, uh, what's the next song you got on there? Uh, Garden Boy, the uh, title track, I guess. The there there is an overlying theme in a lot of this album. Substance abuse is a big. Uh, I've I've worked in the field of substance abuse for the majority of the last ten to twelve years, and um, a lot of these struggles that I'm writing about is not necessarily me, but it's things I've heard other people say and talk about that were compounded. By their substance use and the way that they felt about it, and just the, 
more problems that it caused. Um, I've worked in substance abuse treatment center for eight years, and, and right now um, I work with youth that are having some struggles, but uh, everybody knows someone in their family and stuff. A lot of this is about people that I've met. Uh, meet a lot of dead guys who are this kind of way. Uh, that they, they just don't know it's coming yet. Family members. Um, my cousin is um, to his folk. My cousin's the garden boy that I'm talking about. I lost him. He was 29 years old and died of an overdose. But he's the guy that introduced me to the vast majority of music that I fell in love with and would not have been exposed to at the time I was probably 11, 12 years old when I started playing guitar. And he would burn, or not burn me, but remember high speed dubbing? You oh, yeah. Stick, stick a cassette in, and it sounded like the chipmunks when you're recording. <laughs> we did that he with Black make, Sabbath. <laughs> yeah, he would, uh, he would make me copies of all of his music because he had, uh, his mom would, would buy him stuff. And he was, she had a disability. So, and honestly, to compensate for a lot of stuff she couldn't do, she just bought him things. But he, he loved rock music and, um, he would make me copies of all of his stuff. And I can remember, uh, and we lived like half a mile apart. He lived at the end of the dirt road that I lived on. So we, we would walk that dirt road, run through the woods, swim in the creek. Just, uh, but because of the disability, and, and he started having behavioral issues as he got older, and would get passed around from family to family. And he, uh, his mother's health would decline sometimes. He'd live with us or live with one of my uncles or something. And, uh, but I was close to him as the way a lot of adults would just go, you know what, he's a problem kid. There's a reason that there are a lot of problems with this child, you know, with this guy. It didn't just fall out of the sky. So uh, I got, uh, you know, I knew a side of him that nobody else did, even when he got uh, He got clean for a while, but eventually did lose him to a drug overdose, but this, all of this is kind of a tribute to him and, and to, to people that I've known that have uh, it went in due to you know, substance issues and things like that. It's a, it's a horrible, horrible thing. But he's he's garden boy, not me, uh, but uh, but he is a garden boy. You know, he's, he's in that community too.
You're such a good musician. I appreciate that. Um, I hope I'm. Uh, hope it's something people can enjoy and, and relate to. Uh, I appreciate you saying that. But, uh, I'm thankful uh, that I have the ability to get these things uh, out in a constructive way because I, honestly, as as you you say, you know, you're a songwriter too, a musician. I do not understand how people that can't do this go through. <laughs> the day or uh, have the struggles that they have without you know i guess that's where actual paying for therapists come in because i would definitely have to have it if i didn't have a way to get this stuff out but i, I appreciate you saying that that, that, that means a lot I'm, I'm, I'm just thankful that i can do this and, and i love your style i said i, I, I said silver i heard silver chair earlier i hear him seven Marion three kind of right there it just reminded me of that that cool. time in my life. I haven't thought about I haven't thought about that band in years. Probably the nineties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they were good. Uh, they had some hits. They had some hits, but uh, yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, that's one of my favorite bands from the nineties. What, what is that? They had they had an acoustic song. Uh, There's a tall mulatto boy I know. Isn't that seven to Mary three? Um, mulatto. See. Cumbersome was their biggest hit. Cumbersome. They, Water's Edge was a uh, uh, Water's Edge was Water's that's, yeah, I think they had a song called Mulatto that was uh, one of those albums that I really liked. Let me see. Well, I got, I think it's seven C. There's Margaret, uh, Favorite Dog, Rodrigo, Devil Boy. Rodrigo, I remember that song too. See, I got those right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Water's Edge. That was, that was, uh, that was a pretty dark song too. Yep. When you talk about 
flow reminded me of Water's Age. That's what I was trying to think of. Like I was trying to think of the song and it, I couldn't. It wouldn't yeah, happen. I haven't. Okay. Yeah, that is weird. Um, yeah, because it's like, don't go down to the Water's Age. Well, that, I mean, my song is about, you know, doing something maybe you shouldn't do in a swampy area. Like I, because I, I, like I said, all of it lyrically would kind of go back to, you know, uh, I, I was really trying to think about this the stuff, some stuff I went through as a kid and, uh, and my cousin a lot, but we ran around in the woods and the swamp, we called it, it was Pigeon Creek, but uh, it was swampland really. And it had a certain smell to it. But if you wanted to get rid of someone, that's where you would, uh, <laughs> that's where you would take it. That's where they would go. And there probably are a few uh, bones down there, not, not for me, but over the years of all that moonshine and everything <laughs> going on. Um, it there's a funny story about it that my dad tells um, that when he was a kid and when they moved into that community, that cops just showed up and told his dad, just tell us where your steel is and we're going to bust it up and take it to jail. We already knew, you know, that there's one, you, we know you've got, just tell it, tell us where it is and we'll go destroy it and you won't go to jail or anything like that. And he hadn't had it set up yet, but there were so many steels. He just pointed randomly and they went down there and found one and busted up somebody's somebody else is still because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were just so many it's like you can just point in any direction and you're going to run into one if you walk on I, I remember my aunt ruby uh i called my aunt she was my granny's sister uh made moonshine out of her tub she always was she's kind of had her own little steel and stuff i remember bringing it in that stuff was strong <laughs> <laughs> well uh, i i can remember as a when i was younger like finding the pieces of them that had like rotted down in the coals and stuff like that. You had to be careful because there was so, was so much of it. Like you cut yourself or something on tin and, and old copper uh, coaling and things like that. But I remember seeing parts of them, not knowing what it was. My dad saying, you know, somebody had steel there 50 years ago. I'm as country as you can possibly get, but somehow <laughs> I ended up uh, being into metal and hard rock and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, I, see, I, I grew up same thing, outlaw country and stuff like the Hank Jr. and the Waylon Jennings, and I, I love that stuff. But I listen to rock, like I mean, I have a radio. I do the radio show. This is a podcast kind of thing too, but I do the radio show. I think some people confuse it as times, but I tell everybody when I play music, I do the countdown, or I do the new music, or mm -hmm. I do any other radio station. I could do it. I could do a whole hour of rock. I could. I don't ever yeah. do it that way, just because. I mean, if you you look and you can just see this front page. Right here on my iTunes, I got Arrested Development. I got a lot of singer songwriters, mm -hmm. as Art and Rick, and there's Art of Diane, and there's uh, Ashley McBride, and Ashley. Car I mean, there's I listen to everything, and as a songwriter, I, that's how I take it in. Is I take it in and take styles from the styles from everything, and I want to make it into my music. And then, yeah. like you said, it's therapy. Everybody, I've I've heard that many times between songwriters that mute that songwriting and music for them is therapy. And it, it is, really is. Uh, I, I think that not not that it's necessarily a good thing, but those of us that really, really are just insanely passionate about this uh, is deeply emotional. So it affects us in a completely different way. It's not something because like I can hear something and it, you know, it really almost makes you cry. Or there are certain songs that it affects you. It always affects you emotionally. You hear "Kickstart My Heart." by Motley Crue, you want to slam the gas pedal down and, and you know, it affects you. It affects it in some way, but sometimes it's like we don't know how to deal. I think uh, a lot of us that, that are the songwriters with things constructively, so we uh, we have to write about it. 
or that is how it is. Um, it's, it definitely is for me. I have notebooks stacked higher than my body if I stack them all up, like uh, taller than me that sometimes I'll just go back through and pull a line from those. Like if I'm stuck on something and it's something I was writing about when I was, you know, 20 years old and I'm 40 now, you know, but it's still some of those same anxieties are still there. We're all, yeah, I still do the same thing. I was looking through my stuff the other day and I, same thing. I, I, I'll pull line. I think that's fine as a songwriter because sometimes you're going to, you've got something to say and you maybe say the same thing, but you say it in a different way. Yeah. That's, or, or something you were going through at the time and it sparks, oh man, I completely forgot about that. Like a song I, I stopped halfway working on because I got frustrated and then come back to it and accidentally five years and finish, <laughs> you know, like, okay, because you're just in such a different place all the time. And the world is uh, in five year gaps now, a lot of things are changing. So uh, yeah. what's, what's the next song we listen to, Aaron? Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to pull up my order here. Uh, Trust Fall is the next song. Trust and this is the one I was talking about that has such a contrast between uh, the melody and then just going into like an insane double click metal, almost a metal groove metal kind of thing. But even though I'm not playing this stuff live, I always kind of have that in my head. Like, how is this going to sound live? What's it going to do to the crowd? I'm thinking that because of the, the really, the love for rock music and metal came from the live shows not necessarily something i always listen to in the car it was like god there's so much energy here and i've got to be a part of this i'm too old for it now <laughs> i cannot the last metal show i went to i was not near the mosh pit and i still caught a loose elbow that busted my glasses and shoved them into the side of my face i'm like i can't i can't do this anymore you know but uh I love the energy of it. And that's kind of still, there's there's some of that lingering in my songwriting, even though I'll probably never play this live. It's, it'll be fun.
man, you are not joking about the 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 different styles. It's so funny when it first started. It made me think of the Top Gun theme. I don't know why. It just uh-huh. it made me think of that. And then you got into um, kind of course, and for whatever reason, I thought of Toy Soldiers by Martika, but the falling uh-huh. down. And then you, and then you cool. got- yeah, um, I couldn't get that line out of my head, and I'm like, I'm going like we all fall down. But I'm like, okay, has that been done? Am I am I singing something in my head that I've heard before? Or, but it just worked well. But um, listening to it now, though, I'm like, it sounds like, you know, like the ring around the rosy pocket full mm-hmm. of glass. We all fall down. I'm yep. like, I think I'm probably getting it from like some childhood, <laughs> you know, like yep. something. Like that. Yes. But, um, but yeah, I, I I just thought I was like this would be killer to play live because it's got it's got some bounce the uh, you know in the melody and then just go nuts on the, the heavy. Yeah, when you went into it, like I said that is the pocket full of pose. That's what it makes you think of a childhood memory. And then when you got into to the heavy stuff, it made me think of Rammstein, the Duhas. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you if you ever heard that, that my wife yeah, is from yeah, Germany, yeah. so she she listens to that stuff sometimes. Yeah, I've got uh, man, I've got thousands of albums and uh live concert dvds one of the best sounding ones is a romstein live dvd i'm like these guys are hot i mean i don't have a clue what he's saying but man it sounds incredible right uh, but uh they were yeah I, I love that kind of stuff just as much as i love like honestly my favorite band in the history of bands is the beach boys uh brian wilson as a songwriter, the stuff he was able to do as a teenager was just out of this world. Mm-hmm. The harmonies he put together, but uh, you know that's what I'm saying. I can I can go from Rammstein to the Beach Boys and and and, and in a second and, and be just fine with us. <laughs> oh yeah, if you look uh, at I, my uh, there's like nothing basically off limits for me. Mm-hmm. I've got uh, how many Beach Boys songs do I have here? I have a few. He's yeah. he's one of those the harmonies he puts together. Like I was saying earlier, I hear some of that stuff like in my room and God only knows the stuff. It'll make you want to cry. It just sounds like someone's, it all sounds so sad, but it's so beautiful. There's just a melancholy to it over, over all that stuff. It's just so different. I mean, there are groups, a lot of great vocal harmony groups. There's something different about those guys. When they yeah. Put their voices together. It was just understanding it. They were really good. I, I, love, I love like the Eagles and the Beach Boys, and I listen to all that. I, I got everything on here. So, yeah, you're, you're we're in the same, we're on the same page. <laughs> so, what's the next song we listen to, Aaron? Um, next song is, I think it's Imposter. We'll do that one anyway. So, I'm not, okay. I got a new phone and I'm still trying to figure out how to open it. Is there any uh, uh, story behind this one? Um, if anything, it would be, you know, flipping the script on yourself. Um, because we like to write songs about things that bother us or people that have broken our hearts, but sometimes uh, it's really about for me, like how how do you put up with me? Have you you know what what am I you know we all can can get silly sometimes, but anyone that's not a musician or or a been with a traveling musician or songwriter, we're strange, we're weird. Um, I don't know how people that don't do that can put up with us because we look at things in a completely different way sometimes or can't relate to things the way other people do. Um, and the fact that someone, because I uh, would 
would stick by your side for years and years, let alone a month or two. Uh, basically, the, the chorus is how long till you find me out? You know, um, how are you sticking with me? I don't get it. So I just tried to turn that around instead of, oh, somebody made me feel bad. Heck, I make people feel bad too. So, uh, and especially, you know, sometimes you can hurt someone that's closest to you. And how do you keep putting up with it? Thank you. 
I like the uh, why you walk a tightrope on the ground. I like that line. Yeah. Um, and it, I'd like to say I really, uh, you know, I'm just some type of genius, but it just sort of popped in and I was like, I don't think that's been used before. That sounds really good. And that's kind of what, you know, when you're over, overthinking, over, you know, like, what's the point? You're grounded. Why are you still, you know, why are you still walking? Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was pretty cool too. Well, I rest the next song we're gonna listen to, Aaron. Um, next song is "Wasted." That was on the acoustic EP. I think it was the first song you played for us. Uh, and my kids, man, they were running around in circles on our carpet when they heard you come through our little Bluetooth speaker when you did it on your radio program. And uh, I'm like, don't you guys get a big head when you go to school tomorrow? Now, <laughs> yeah, kicking out of it. They, they uh, it was. Um, it was the other song like Shaken that I lit. I it was a I got off work, sat down in my studio just to kind of decompress. And, and that song completely I haven't changed a thing about the structure of it since the, the day I wrote it. Uh the the little instrumental breaks and uh the lyrics, all that stuff, it came together in three to five minutes. It was just another one of those quick, kind of hooky rock songs. And this one is is my take on the generic um you know sprinkling alcohol on something to try to uh to get over someone but uh, without saying it as far as the straightforward now you said there's two versions or they're both acoustic kind of sound uh well they both start sort of the same way let's see it will be the version that is three minutes and 58 seconds okay that's that okay that's the one i had i, I just brought that one in because i thought i had it i was like but there's two of them i was like are they different? And oh, yeah, we got it yeah. down. Perfect. All right. So let's, I'm going to mute us and play Wasted. Blame is getting old. Never made much sense to hold you. Things that will never come to be. Can't hold up your face. Thinking of a better place. Better time for you and me. to 
I remember that one. That reminded me a lot of um, like Stained. Oh, um, I almost want to should have called the album Metronome Included for anybody that hears it. Uh, that click, I had it too loud in my headphones when I was doing my vocals, and it. I, I'm like going back and said, "There's, I don't know anybody that doesn't know what it is. Maybe they think I'm just throwing an electronic album in there." <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I'm here. Well, actually, some systems. I can't hear it hardly at all, but on the little, these little crappy laptop speakers mm-hmm. that have tons of mid range. So it's like, like I can hear it coming through like clear over here, but yeah, that's cool. Uh, and, and that one was, I think it was the most listened to everywhere on the acoustic EP. I think it's just really, really catchy or something, you know, um, just the, the melody's cool. I don't know, but it's it's gotten more plays than anything else that I put out on that other thing. See, it's, uh, it's the oldest song on the whole, the whole thing, the whole album. It, it's funny what people kind of gravitate to, but I remember this is what I liked about the the '90s rock music when they started doing the Unplugged series on VH1. Yeah. Um, you 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 don't sometimes I guess when you think about the rock and everything, you don't really think about the acoustic side, but those songs sound so good acoustic too. Oh man, uh, that the Allison Chains unplugged is just phenomenal. Um, but if the song will hold up good, stripped down with an acoustic guitar, then it's just going to be incredible with the band. But if it's a good song, it's a good song. If you mm-hmm. you know it, but if it does, if it can hold up acoustically, you really got something. Really good. Yeah, I've heard. Want to listen to it over and over, even acoustically. You know that's. Probably a pretty good song. Yeah, that that's one of the things. Like I said, acoustically, I, I love 
when people come to the, and if you ever here in North Georgia, you're more than welcome to come back onto the show too live, or even if you want to do another zoom. Uh, but oh. that's one of the things that when you come to the show here live, we have you play live. Cause I, I, I tell my wife, if I ever win the lottery, I'm going to start a record company and I'm going to go get some of these acts that I hear live playing, but that's, that's gotta be the, that's the caveat. You have to be able to play live. I don't care what style or John you are, uh, but you gotta be able to play live. And uh, a lot of times I know when you get to band, it's going to sound a little different. It's sped up it, when you get live with a band, it, it happens, yeah. but you gotta be able to to play in front of people and, and just kind of communicate. And well, he, it doesn't matter what John you are. Uh, there's one thing about this, obviously, you know, it was cut in a bedroom. I, mm-hmm. I, I didn't want it to sound like trash, but I, I wasn't shooting for, I want this to be polished and sound like it, make an attempt to a million dollars was spent in some studio on this. Cause that's not going to happen, but the acoustic stuff and obviously, Obviously, my pitch is not perfect, but there's no absolutely. I do not use any kind of pitch correction stuff or anything like that. Um, it, I'm not against that because there's some circumstances where it's like this is just more convenient. I know the person can sing it, but instead of blowing your voice out six thousand times, um, you know, uh, I can see where it can be used as a great tool. But as far as covering up someone that has no talent i i don't like it when it's used that or you go see them live and you go who is this this is not what i've been listening to you know that's that's a different thing and some some bands are just not good live some are phenomenal some some are better than the albums and some are like have you guys ever actually played together you know that kind of thing where where did this come from yeah um, i I agree i mean that's really that's the meat of that's this is so different for me because I'm probably never going to play these songs, but I'm still thinking that in my head. So it, it's, I, I still try to add that energy to it, but um, I'd love to one day, but my gosh, keeping a, a group of guys that are dedicated together is hard that are, with everyone on the same page. Yeah. Uh, playing live is, that's the meat of it to me. That's the payoff for, going, for doing all this. Stuff. <laughs> What's the uh, next song going to do, Aaron? The next song is The Chair. The Chair. Yeah, I saw and that and I thought of George Strait. Like, I don't think he's doing a George Strait cover. <laughs> no, it's it's not. And I wasn't even aware of that song until I tried searching for mine to do some promotion stuff with it. And it kept popping up George Strait. And then I listened <laughs> a little bit. I was like, okay, yeah, I have heard the song. But I had, you know, um, this song is the only song that has the co-writer on it. Lyrically, there's a few lines from a friend, of my, my buddy that I set up the studio in this place, written about his frustrations. He has a disability. He's in a wheelchair. Uh, great guy, super smart, but there's some struggles that he has to deal with that some of us just don't deal with and we don't understand. It just leads to a lot of frustration, depression issues and things like that. People not really seeing you as a person. They only see the chair. So it's, it's, this is a very aggressive song. It goes from being spoken word to extremely aggressive in the chorus. There's no other song like it in the album, but it's, it's designed that way on purpose. It's about venting some frustration in your religious talk.
say what's on my mind, but no one ever really takes the time to see me or understand the personality underneath this quote-unquote smile. It's the uncertainty that really rules my mind. Just please understand that I'm a person with a life with a plan. You know, sometimes I just really, really need to scream. <laughs> like that i i really like that's a i'm I'm sure you know who henry rollins is yeah oh Um, yeah that one of my favorite songs when i was a teenager was liar by henry rollins i would listen to that song for like on repeat and i don't i never listened to a lot of songs on repeat and i wouldn't ever be which one uh, sorry uh was that black flag or was that like rollins band rollins band rollins Mm -hmm. band yeah yeah, because he would talk and he's like, then I'm a liar, and then get into a, the heavier stuff. I turn you into I just I love that that drive and that hit and that song that that I just played of yours is it reminds me of that tone and it breaks me back to the to the days and I was never big on like the and the kid as the screamo stuff, but yeah. I do like that and I, I understand it, it. You can feel it. You feel it coming. You feel the feel it building up, yeah. and it's needed. Like that song definitely needs that. You want to scream, and then you scream, and it's like, yeah, that makes total sense in the structure yeah. of the song. 
there's a lot of stuff that I used to listen to when I was younger that's aggressive like that all the way through. But now, for me, I enjoy, like you were saying, it's more when, this, when it's called for, not just screaming constantly for the sake of it. And some of these, I mean, I'm friends with some really great, talented guys that are in bands like that. Um, but I just, I guess the best way to put it, I just don't relate to it anymore in my own rooms. You know, I, I can see it. It's definitely for, uh, you know, I sound like an old man. <laughs> it, well, if I live to be 80, I'm middle-aged right now. So, uh, but I just don't relate to it as much. I really don't have anything against it. It's just not my, it's not my go-to. The kids have mellowed me out. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> they will do that. <laughs> I, I had a, uh, when I was 19, I had my, my, my first son, Wyatt. I was young. I was a teen as a kid with a kid and I grew up really quick. And then now I've got twins, a boy and a girl, and having a girl will that's wow. completely mellowed me out. I, I My think baby I, girl. Uh, go ahead. What was yeah, I was gonna say we she had me in there the other day painting. I don't paint. We're, <laughs> she had me on a little art canvas and we're doing all kinds of weird stuff. And so it, it definitely changes. I have been for since she started kindergarten, she's going into third grade now, using my studio. You know, I'm in there trying to be a rocker and everything. And now I'm like remixing songs for cheer competition and stuff like that. <laughs> so, like, yeah, let me just, uh, that's who I am now. It's cool. You know, let me stop. But, but no, I, I love being involved. And if anything, my gosh, they, these, they need dads. They need mm -hmm. people. Right. Uh, and, and I'm as involved as I can possibly be in, in anything. It gets, it gets tiring, but, uh, but yeah. Uh, I wanted to always look back and remember dad being there. It's very important. She, my daughter now wants to be a wrestler and listening to that music. I, I, I think of an, a wrestling intro song, a wrestler coming down to the chair. Cause it, it fits. It's, it's got a, it's got a dun dun, you know, you can come to the curtains and you can go to the crowd and stuff like That's that. Awesome. Dude. I literally just got a message while we were listening to it, that someone said that they were listening to it, working out in the gym right now. <laughs> it's like that kind of thing. So that's, that's strange, but, but that's awesome. Yep. So we got one more song left, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, Grave digger. And uh, I wanted to close it out with something just contrasting the chair being the most aggressive song. This is the least the most mellow and it's just kind of, uh, I had just sat down and wrote out my thoughts about, in a nutshell, everybody that I've encountered over the years that was dealing with substance issues and, and addiction. And it's, it's just such a, the only way I could personify it really is just like a demon um, on your back. And that's what the song Grave Digger is about. But it, you know, it comes across, comes to you as the, your, your best friend. And then by the end of it, actively digging the grave. Just a kiss will take it all away. 
she is there it is that that's a good song too i like the i love the line a demon dancing on your grave yeah such a um, such a rock star line well it's uh it's the only way i could really think of it if you see enough of these guys that are dealing with uh, like methamphetamines opiates these addictions for stuff like that is really is a soul sucking um that's the only way I can think of it. You're possessed. You know, it's just like a to try to see the addiction separate from the person because nobody ever said, you know, I hope I'm something I grew up can't control. It. Um, and a lot of the situations that caused them to, to succumb to that addiction were not good. A lot of them, they didn't just decide one day I want to be hooked. A lot of it stemmed from a lot of abuse, childhood issues. People don't really see that. 
I just wanted to sort of personify it some kind of way. It's just kind of a dedication to those guys. Um, yeah, the Southern All Around, you know, my cousin. I've had fun here, and I've really enjoyed listening to your music. Um, the way the way it works now is I'll play some of your songs on New Music Monday. Keep an eye out for that. I'll tag you and let everybody before I play it. Um, I'll this is always pre recorded, like I said, so it'll be a couple months before it's released. I'll let you know before I release. I'll okay. edit some of it. There's not a lot yeah. I need to edit in album reviews. Um, I'll edit some of it down though, and before I release, I obviously I'll tell you, and then it'll go up on all the platforms like iHeart, Spotify um everywhere and cool, so cool. the only thing i ever ask my guest or two thing is one of course share it with everybody you know um and two is if there's a singer songwriter artist that you know uh that we need to talk to uh have them send my way we can do like we did here an album review or we can do a regular talk where we conversate with just about three songs and we'll have conversation throughout kind of like what we did here uh oh absolutely i i actually i know one guy that's insanely talented that's got a little EP. I might try to hook him up with it. Yep, send him my way. I, I said, I, I enjoy talking. This is what it is. It's, it's music. It's getting it at the word out for singer-songwriters like yourself. Uh, like I said, I'm a songwriter too, so I push my stuff uh, out just like you guys. I, I, I'm doing the same thing. I understand it, and yep. uh, I, I don't mind sharing and, and getting other music out there. Well, I really appreciate your time and doing this too, and and I appreciate your your format a lot. Um, it's uh, it's been very relaxing and and cool to kind of talk about because some some of these I really haven't thought about. What does this mean exactly, or that? But uh, so it's kind of been cool to reflect on it because I've I've nickel backed myself on a lot of it when you have to mix and uh, and I've like I really haven't listened to it in a little while once I got done and put it out so. Uh, nothing against them, but you know what I'm saying. I've over overplayed my own stuff because I had to, like constantly. Uh, but it's this has been really fun, and I've enjoyed it, and I appreciate it. Sure, man. Before I let you go, tell everybody where they can find you. If you've got any social media, anything like that you want to share, go right ahead. Um, my Bandcamp, if you want to support the album directly, uh, is um, AaronBowen.Bandcamp.com, and my name is probably the most unique spelling. It's A R O N. It's just one A. A R O N B O W E N. Dot Bandcamp.com. Um, you can find me on Facebook with that name. Add me as a friend. Follow me. Um, I put out. There's a lot of reels on there about the progress of the album while I was working on it. Stuff I was problems I was having. So you can go back through and oh yeah, that was that song where you talk about blew his throat out on this, that's, you know, screaming and stuff. That's my band camp. There will be, I'm not finished designing the CD. I'm going to do a run of physical copies because I have some people that like, that still like to buy mm -hmm. albums and have that in their collection. And there'll be some, uh, some merchandise and stuff, but I'm not finished with the designs on that. And, but that's, uh, that's pretty much it. And uh, you can search my name in any streaming platform. It's all there on every major platform, Spotify, like you said, uh, Pandora, Twitch, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Amazon Music, YouTube Music, all that stuff. So, yeah. um, mention your merch one more time because you kind of broke up when you start talking about your merch. Oh, the uh, the the band the the website for the merch yeah. would be my Bandcamp page uh, a r o e n b o w e n dot bandcamp dot com. Um, it's not ready yet. I'm still working on the designs, but uh, it will be CDs and and probably bracelets, like wristbands and buttons. And what I do, I don't try to sell it all separately. I just throw like one price on a CD and a bundle of merch to ship it all out together. Uh, so, it, and it'll be 
decently priced for what you get. Um, I don't try to individualize every little thing. I just do a package and you just get it. All right, everybody, this is the Georgia Songbird, and we were listening to Aaron Bowen's album, Garden Boy. Uh, thank you, Aaron, for coming on the show. Uh, I, said, I enjoyed I enjoyed the music. I listen to rock music, people. This isn't just uh, folk music with me. You know that. If you know who I am, uh, you know that I listen to everything, and I love rock, and I'm glad we had a rock hour. So thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Right. See you, Aaron. Later, man. <laughs>